the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, from the rooftop of the Rockies, it's Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn. Indeed, it is Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here, Blake behind the glass, 4.06 p.m. Colorado time. Here we are, high-altitude radio, ready for action on this Sunday, November 26th from 4 to 7 p.m. Oh, we've got a lot of content to be filling these next three hours with. Would love it. If you would partake a little bit, check in. The phone number, 303-696-1971. And I'm a huge fan of the text-to-studio. Keep those flying in. Keep us on track. Ideas and suggestions and corrections and all the rest of it. Been talking a lot lately about MAGA momentum and how the establishment is, you can just feel the fear amongst them. They're getting nervous, and then one event after another event happens, and you see their fear levels are rising, and their need to control or exhibit and demonstrate control is rising. We talked last week, Javier Millet, the libertarian, the Trump-loving candidate for the president of Argentina, well, he won. And he won big, going away. And that's got the establishment nervous. The globalist elites across the world, across the West, South America included. And then Geert Wilders wins in the Netherlands. His party wins. He's on track to be the next prime minister of the Netherlands and Geert Wilders, another another pro-Trump leader out there. He's been a known quantity for quite some time. And actually, yours truly, we actually met him. I met him when he came to speak at the Western Conservative Summit some years ago. And I happened to be standing right there where he came walking in. And we just had a little hello and a little chat. And man, that guy was surrounded by heavy security, some of the heaviest I've ever seen on any political figure. But European nationalism, Argentine nationalism, American nationalism, it seems to be making a comeback of sorts. And again, it's got these freak jobs in power, the globalist elite kind of panicking. What are they going to do? Yeah. They, they see things coming. They see things lining up in a way that they don't approve of. And with these things happening and Elon Musk allowing a measure of free speech over on Twitter, there's one free speech platform in the world, not perfect, mind you, not, not perfect in every way is Twitter, but yet, boy, way better than it used to be. And you start adding things up. Elon Musk, by the way, making 
filing a what he called a thermonuclear lawsuit against Media Matters. Who likes that one? Everyone knows Media Matters. The pro-censorship crowd, the Soros-affiliated money behind Media Matters, and they've been trying to find ways to rig the deal to not allow Elon Musk to have advertisers so long as he's going to be allowing free speech on his platform. And, of course, Media Matters, the local branches, no strangers to this station as well. And um, people are saying this lawsuit looks pretty tight, pretty solid. Elon Musk is going to be making a great case against Media Matters. So, hmm, the elites, yeah, uh, they're dependent upon their propaganda, their ability to silence voices they do not want out there. They lose that. They see things happening in Argentina, the Netherlands, a few other countries. In Ireland, very sad situation. Uh, Apparently an immigrant from Algeria in Ireland, I believe Dublin is where it happened, uh, started stabbing people, including some little children. And the Irish people did not take that well, did not react to that, and got out marching on the streets and making a lot of noise and expressing their displeasure about immigration, migrants coming into Ireland. Hmm. Conor McGregor, the great uh, martial arts fighter, the Irish champion, um, kind of outspoken guy politically, loves Donald Trump as well. He came out there and said, you know, hey, Ireland... If you don't make a plan for this, if you don't address our concerns about the migrant problems we're having in Ireland, well, I will. I'm going to step up and I'm going to address these concerns. Hmm. And then next thing you know, word gets out that the authorities in Ireland are, are investigating Conor McGregor for hate speech, you see. Yeah, they gotta they gotta get back up on top. They gotta exhibit their control. Their own fear must be translated to making the masses of Ireland afraid, the masses of the Netherlands afraid, Argentina, United States of America. They gotta have the masses afraid. And yes, I've been reading political philosopher Thomas Hobbes, H-O-B-B-E-S, a bit of late, and I might work some essays on Hobbes. He's the guy who said, you know, that if the masses are not living in fear of some leviathan, then ultimately civilization becomes impossible and their lives become nasty, brutish, and short. How does that apply today, some of that wisdom, some of those, some of those thoughts? And he was... He looked into language and the use of it, kind of a precursor to Orwell, and I might describe a bit of that as the mainstream media in the United States of America is having the meltdown. MSNBC, you're seeing Joe Scarborough going full tilt, saying, oh, Trump dictator, Hitler, Mussolini, going to arrest, imprison everybody he wants to, oh my gosh. They bring Woodward on there to say the same thing kind of stuff. Oh, Trump's just always having nervous breakdowns, and his administration's a nervous breakdown. His campaign is a nervous breakdown. Ah, are they projecting a little bit over at MSNBC? I think they are. Congressman named 
Dan Goldman, who used to be one of the attorneys on the Democrat impeachment witch hunt against Trump, comes out and says Trump needs to be eliminated. Got to eliminate Donald Trump. Their rhetoric has been amping up. We've been expecting this. We've been advising to expect this, that the Democrats have been using the Hitler-Mussolini rhetoric since the escalator, but now they're going to really, really use it. So it's kind of the same stuff, but they're going to go even further. They're maybe going to put more exclamation points on their sentences when they go there. And is it kind of getting dangerous? You know, the more they get afraid, the more they need to demonstrate they're in control the more they want to make you afraid, they want to make the masses afraid. Hmm. Stakes for 2024, folks. It's going to be a wild, wild road. And it's going to be for all the marbles. So goes America. So goes the world. But again, you're seeing. You're seeing the Malays win and the Geert Wilders win. You're seeing pressure from the discontented masses in these globalist, borderless, borderless republics in Europe and elsewhere, putting pressure on the elites as the elites, boy, have they ever botched things, you know, and Washington Post is going to, they're worrying about the economy. Oh, golly, people in America might think that the economy is not doing so great under Joe Biden. They might actually be looking at the prices they're paying for them. They might actually you know, have this impression the economy's not good. So the Washington Post is going to have to find ways to try to tell the American people, oh, no, Biden's economy is actually pretty good. It's better than you think it is. And so back to Hobbes and getting hold of the words. The people that control the words are going to try to put the words in your minds to replace the reality in front of you, right? The propaganda has to be superior because they control the propaganda. It has to be superior to the reality you see before you. That's going to be the battle. Oh, goodness sakes. Matt Dunn, it is Backbone Radio. Let's launch this thing and we'll be right back. On your radio, smartphone, or smart speaker, News Talk One of those things where you get the family out there, you get everybody together. Kids are just big enough now to be a little bit helpful with that project. Used to be just dear old dad out there by himself with the wool sweater on, Norwegian wool. But now it's like we have help, and we appreciate that. 
it's kind of nice to have a little snow this week. I did some trail running out there on the snow, and you kind of think, all right, you're running in the snow. Doesn't that slow you down on time? But it's actually not that bad. You just got to stay warm enough. And when you start running, when it's really cold, so you go out and run, it's like 19 degrees, 18 degrees. You, 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 you want to guard against the risk of putting on too many layers so you start out feeling okay, but then you, know, you get in that first, second mile, and then you're going to overheat. And you have to stop and like, put stuff in your pack. Running with a trail pack these days. Um, Adds a little weight to you, slows you down a little bit, but sometimes it's good to have the water and places to put stuff, right? But the snow adds a little cushion, a little padding. Maybe it's a little nicer on your joints if you're actually running on the snow. Anyway, just the trail running thoughts, kind of a new habit. And I mention that because our very own amazing marathon man, Rick, out in Aurora, is touching base with us. And Rick, glad you could be here, sir. How are you? Back in town, take a little break uh, here for a couple weeks. Yeah, what do you think of that? Running on the snow, does that add a little little padding sometimes? I always, actually, I love that. It's very serenity-like to run on snow, look at the moon, especially around 8, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, do you do some night running as well? You probably have to because you probably have to train such a great deal to do the marathon. Not as much as I used to, but it's it's always enjoyable. You know, change times, you know, change venues, uh, keep your body guessing. Right on. And I did a night run the other night, and the moon was up pretty high, and the tree branches were kind of like these twisted moon shadows across the trail. And I kind of, it's a little bit creepy in some ways, but really, really fun to be out there. You know, day, night, you got to find the time when you, you know, you're busy, right? You got to make it work. Absolutely. Now, your open was, uh, it was too perfect because I was going to call and mention almost everything you said, so congratulations. I love it when I can anticipate your thinking, Yeah, you know, you really did it. Especially, I didn't think you'd catch uh, the Irish, what's been going on there in Ireland. It's it's pretty huge, but of course... Rick, what's my name? The name Matt Dunn. Does that uh, sound a little Irish? Yeah, a little bit. I get told it seems mighty Irish by the Irish. And I've been watching that one. The yep. Irish don't, they don't dig this thing of migrant problems stabbing little Irish kids. That doesn't go over well. Exactly. And I refuse to use that word. They're illegal aliens. Yeah. Um, I, well, see, that's the thing. I don't know if in, in Ireland, are they illegal? You know, um, tech, or tech, are tech, they the migrants part of the European Union thing? Uh, technically, you might have me on that. I just hate when the left has their narrative when they say migrants all the time. But officially, uh, you're probably right. Okay, we know ours are pretty much illegal aliens. <laughs> yes. Millions uh, you know, of them. Millions uh, upon yeah, millions yeah, of them. I, I really believe we're, we're, we're coming to a nexus throughout the world where people are catching on because of Internet. and The whole world is kind of... I think you're going to start understanding what the heck's been going on here. That's why I mentioned Elon Musk. If you have one little nexus of a free speech platform where people can get the word out on stuff, ooh, that is that is huge, and they know it. Trump, oh, yeah. Let's face it. You know, Marshall McLuhan, the the medium is the message, and that was huge when they lost their number one propaganda platform. Right. It was FBI, deep state occupied territory at Twitter, shut everybody down the last two election cycles. But now 
It's a different feel. They don't like it on top. They don't like that. They, they, they've grown dependent on their censorship, you know? And don't you see it? I see a tightening every day throughout my uh, conversations. They're, they're, they're going to be coming down. Uh, they don't like the idea of free speech and letting uh, free people make up their own mind. That's right. And so uh, Elon Musk is one of these people who's saying no to the gulag. They're going to go after him. Donald Trump is one of these of people who said no yeah. to the gulag. Tucker Carlson, the same thing. You see, threats to the establishment, I mean, they come after them with everything they've got. But luckily, there's some folks out there that don't go for it. They'll stand up to it. Ireland, Conor McGregor, you've been seeing what what he's been saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's so refreshing, very refreshing. How is it that apparently the the PM of Ireland is a guy named Leo Veradkar? What kind of a name is Veradkar? You know, when I I saw it, I thought I was in Italy. So, anyway, but he yeah. he's good friends with um, the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau. And right. there's a picture of them walking side by side at a, a pride march I just saw on, on Twitter. It's kind of, how, how did all these, like, World Economic Forum globalist-type leaders get installed all over the world, right? They're, well, they're, they're buddies because they meet in Davos. And, hey, it's like, you know, meeting someone at a class reunion. Hey, lefty, you're going to take over, you know. Right. It's a good point. Great point, actually. Yeah. But I don't know if Ireland, they're a little bit more unruly over there, and they've they've got networks and ways to deal with things that might not be everywhere else because of their conflict with with, uh, England, right? Uh, Right. The somewhat recent history. So I don't know if Ireland is really cut out to be the globalist-type state when it comes down to it. I don't know. We'll have to watch that one, right? Right, right. Just uh, one quick aside, they're all in now, all the big donors are in for Nikki Haley, which is a joke, but they are now, and they're pushing it, the New York Times, AP, AdFit, you know, all the usual mouthpieces, the last hurrah, Nikki Haley, huh? Um, That is some level of desperation there, because, I mean, nobody likes Nikki. Oh, Jesus. And last week I was playing the Fox News focus group, they had maybe 100 people in this room. And they said, you know, raise your hand if you like right. Trump. Everybody but like two or three hands. Then raise your hand if you like the Santa's two hands. Raise your hand if you're for Nikki. And there was not even one hand. So this right. is a completely manufactured campaign and presence there. It's pretty laughable, right? You know, a yes. warmonger, neoconservative. She's a big supporter of George Floyd. Remember that? Hey, we're all in this oh, together. We need to honor right. George Floyd, right? Yeah, which reminds me, uh, Chauvin got... Uh yeah. Got knifed in jail, which is kind of predictable, actually. Yep. Looks like he's going to live, Derek Chauvin. Uh, and no, um, I, I think he's going through the Epstein experience. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that one plays. But, uh, yeah, this, uh, I, I, just, I don't know why they, the RNC hasn't totally just eliminated the primary, but if you can keep Nikki Haley and DeSantis in a bit longer and make them look like victims, like Trump is so mean, maybe you could get a few of those Republicans out there to not vote for Trump because they're going to say that, oh, he treated Nikki mean and he treated DeSantis meanly. Does that make sense? Yes. One other thing, what's your opinion? I, deep down in politics, and I've followed forever, all this and that, but I'll tell you, actually, DeSantis and uh, Haley are not likable people. I would agree with you. Would you agree? I would think okay. that the vast majority of voters in this country would agree. The more we get exposed to them... You know, there, there's no likability there. There's no right. retail it, political talent there. It's exactly. just the fact. Yeah, yeah. So, 
But, you know, they want to, they're ambitious, right? And they've yeah. got the big donors, at least DeSantis used to. Now Nikki has them. And well, the ego can make uh, strange decisions, decisions sometimes. Well, they're nervous, Rick. Okay. The people on top are nervous. And when they do that, they try to exert the control, and we'll see what they what links they'll go to. But Rick, all the best. Talk soon. Keep in close touch. Yep. Listen to podcasts of Backbone Radio with Matt Dunn at seven ten KNUS dot com. Weezer does it better. Who does this song better? Can't think of anybody, Weezer. It's Backbone Radio, Matt Dunn here. Yeah, and we went up to the Georgetown Loop train. All the kids, and our two-year-old in particular, wanted to have him ride on the train. He thinks trains are the coolest things ever, ever invented. To get on a train is a big deal. His eyes nice and wide. Wow. <laughs> a train and a little boy. I mean, that's a match made in heaven. And then when Santa shows up on the train, actual Santa Claus happened to be on our train at the Georgetown Loop. Oh, man, that's, that's heaven for a little two-year-old, is it not? Can you beat it? It's Christmas season, so we're we're bringing out some of the tunes. Got the lights up, like I said. And I think 2024 is looking kind of good. You get that feeling around the world that the masses are not going for it. The nasty, freakish, globalist elites on top of everything with their open borders policies and the rest of it. They're bad economies. They're forever wars that are just embarrassing and expensive and, of course, funneled back into their own pockets one way or another, the people are just, they're not digging it. And if they have a place where they can speak out loud, like for the moment anyway, on Twitter, ah, that's a problem for the people in power, for the people in charge. They don't like that one bit. They want you in your own private little prison cell, your gulag, with the lights off. Well, you can have a screen on to watch their propaganda, but you can't be communicating any of your thoughts. You can't have anyone else be able to see your thoughts or hear your thoughts. That's how they want it. They want those bars down tight upon you. Oh, but once those things get broken off... um. It might not uh, be the best day for the elites when that happens, which is why they're acting so dang nervous right now and using such extreme, extreme rhetoric against people like Donald Trump. I'm going to detail a bunch of that as the show goes on. Let's, uh, let's be saying hellos. The line's filled up. Oh, looks like one just opened. So feel free to partake in the one line available should you like to check in but brad in lakewood brad who is our 
political activist, so often out there in the weeds, making his voice heard, calling people like Ken Buck <laughs> and giving them a piece of his mind. But, Brad, what, what are you seeing, sir? Well, there's an interesting video, video on Getter. A bunch of illegal aliens are crossing the border, and they're being assisted by the Border Patrol. Cutting the, the barbed wire, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, seen it. And, and the American citizens are trying to tell the Border Patrol what's going on, and uh, uh, citizens, American citizens are being told to leave by the Border Patrol. And uh, once again, where is uh, op- my friend Open Borders Greg Abbott? Well... The video you're referencing shows actual American border patrollers, right, cutting yeah, yeah. the barbed wire so well, that one, migrants, illegal immigrants, can cross into the United States of America, right? And that's that's actually been going on. I've seen there's quite a few of these videos going back um, for at least a year, right? Well, this, this, no, um, this is a this is a different one. This is this is on Getter. I just saw it this okay. afternoon where they're just walking across the border, and the border patrol is helping them get on a bus. And they're uh, going to Idaho. And uh, uh, one more thing about this George Santos guy. It looks like real, real gonna... quick, real quick on the yeah. border thing before yeah. Santos. Again, nobody. I mean, everybody should realize that the Biden administration, the globalists, they, they want the wide open border, right? They want more illegal immigrants coming in. That's what they want. That's also what the rhinos want. The Mitt Romneys of the world want. And to get a video of them actually cutting the barbed wire to let them in, that's uh, that's just reflecting their own policy. But they never admit it verbally, and they try to censor these videos, right, because they know that their ideas are not popular, that the masses do not like their policies, so they cannot say it out loud. You see, they're, de- they're deceivers, right? Yeah. They're liars. They, they, they know that they can't be forthright about what their real agenda is. And so when they start feeling like they're losing control or losing power, they get extra, extra concerned about it because they know that they are not loved and they are not popular, right? Anyway, just a thought popped into my head. No, that, and this is a whole separate video. This is a brand new one I've never seen before. I just saw it this afternoon. Hmm. It, it, it's on Getter, so it's, uh, it's, it's far worse than people realize. But uh, about George Santos, he's been indicted. He hasn't been convicted, and five Republicans... Can't wait to uh, expel him from Congress, but George Santos has made the statement that the majority of these uh, members of Congress are drunk, they're too lazy to vote because they have hangovers, and they're more worried about what lobbyists they're going to sleep with next. So it appears to me that George Santos did something similar to Madison Cawthron, where he talked about the cocaine and the orgies. Now, George Santos is talking about the same thing. Wait, and now, it, Santos is a Republican or a Democrat? No, he's a Republican, and, and right. the Republicans want to expel him. Right. Just wanted Remember? to get that out there into the record. Oh, Republican yeah, Santos and um, under attack by other Republicans. And why is that, do you think? Well, I think it's because he made the comment, a lot of them are too lazy to work, and they got, <laughs> they're drunk from a hangover. And he said they're more worried about what lobbyists are going to sleep with which is basically what Madison Cawthron said. Plus, George Santos has an extremely conservative voting record. Uh, so, uh, and the people that are trying to expel George Santos are the type of, like Mike Lawler, Lawler who wanted to keep the electric kill switch in the car, plus he wants to uh, fund a brand-new FBI building. It sounds to me like I'd take George Santos over Mike Lawler, even if he is a character, and shouldn't he be convicted before they expel him? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But remember, people always say, "Oh, Republicans are weak and they're 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 cowards and they never do anything." But watch Republicans attack other Republicans, right? Watch Mitt Romney attack Trump, right? Watch the McCainites attack Trump. They go out there and get creamed by the Democrats and hardly put up a fight. McCain barely put up a fight against Obama. Romney barely put up a fight against Obama. Handed us Obama as president two times. But boy, they'll come after Republicans, won't they, Brad? Oh, I agree. And have you uh, seen a, a documentary called The Fall of Minneapolis? It's like an hour and 42 minutes long. And it talks about the Derek Chauvin situation, and it's all on video. And these police officers approached George Floyd. George Floyd refused to get in the car. He's very, he's acting like he's under the influence, and he was not cooperating. And when George, Derek Chauvin put his uh, knee on uh, George Floyd's neck, Floyd actually died from fentanyl poisoning, but they showed Derek uh, Chauvin's old police training manual, and that was an authorized move. And the judge refused to allow it as evidence. And it, it looks like uh, Chauvin really got railroaded along with those three other police officers. And th- it's, it's called The Fall of Minneapolis. It's an hour and 42 minutes long, but it's all... I have not seen it, but well, I've it's, heard it's, of it. But it's, it's, it's I keep seeing one. people saying that, you know, the George Floyd narrative... And I remember even Rush Limbaugh was saying that, that that, that whole thing never happened. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't real. They created that whole narrative. And uh, remember this, Brad. Nikki Haley sent out this tweet June 1st, 2020, about George Floyd. And it's called, In the Name of George Floyd. Nikki Haley, quote, We are in this together. We are not a perfect country, but we have to fight to make her better. It will take all of us. Most people in our country think what happened was wrong. Our leaders need to step up and bring everyone together in the name of George Floyd. Nikki Haley, June 1st, 2020. And the sad part is the Supreme Court won't hear uh, Chauvin's, uh, George Chauvin's appeal. So uh, it sounds to me like that he, he was getting railroaded. And uh, did you see what happened in South Carolina last night where uh, Trump went into Nikki Haley's home crowd and got that massive ovation oh yeah we got south carolina trump gets the hero's welcome blows the lid off the palmetto bowl in south carolina um yeah and uh nikki haley that was vivek ramaswamy is pointing this out about nikki haley's apparent support for the george floyd narrative hmm and so uh vivek and nikki haley not getting along too well right now and that's the way that is, but uh, that you you saw that crowd, seventy eight thousand people in the Palmetto Bowl, the reception for Trump. Yeah, did you see the one where Trump was actually underneath the stadium, going into the, the corridor, and he's he, the the cheering is just as loud under underneath the stadium as as it was when he got under the field. Yeah, you know, I did, I did see that, and actually, you want to hear this? This is it, Brad. Trump walks in the room. This is a small room. And they're just loving having Trump in there. You know, if, if Nikki walked in, that wouldn't be nearly so cool. Now would it? Hey, it's Mike Lindell. Is- 
Baseball Radio with Matt Dunn on Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. This is the John Lennon Christmas song. And Blake, you said you like this one, huh? I think it's the best one. The best one of all of them? I like Paul's too. Better than Bing Crosby? <laughs> Better than the classics? Better than Bo Blue Christmas by Elvis? That's up there too. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. This is... A good one, and yeah, peace, man, peace. Song about Christmas and peace and love and harmony, and we do keep wondering what happened to the hippies with all these forever wars going on, being dreamed up by the left wing, by the neoconservatives, neocon Nikki. Man, she just loved to invade everybody. Let's just invade all of them. Let's do it. Ukraine, complete and total catastrophic, bloody, expensive embarrassment. The pullout of Afghanistan. My gosh, Joe Biden. What a wreck and a disaster. Keep this in mind that the freaks in power, the freaks on top, the globalists, I'm just going to keep calling them that, are incompetent. Completely incompetent at governance, at running the world. They run it straight into the ditch. Yes, they profit from it, but their one talent these people have is for rigging things and throwing tricks out there and propaganda and all kinds of uh, stuff like that. Does that make sense? No talent for governance, but they have a lot of talents for tricks and deception and propaganda and brainwashing and enriching themselves. That's their main talent stack. Luckily, luckily, I think the world's had enough of a lot of these people, and I say that looking at the results in Argentina and the results in the Netherlands and the poll data right here in the United States of America. Yeah, Trump walks out there to South Carolina and man, that that just crowd. Let's hear the shorter one. Seventy-eight thousand. South Carolina upstaging Nikki Haley. And I've got a few of those clips, different moments of the crowd reaction to Trump just showing up there in South Carolina. And, of course, the media went out and said, oh, look, Trump got booed in South Carolina. <laughs> they always do that. They always do that. They always, oh, Trump got booed. He did not get booed, obviously. They've been doing this since the escalator, you know. They'll try to, they'll fight. There was one person in the marching band, the Clemson marching band, who was booing and doing a thumbs down. One person. 
And so out of the 78,000 in South Carolina, they found one guy in the marching band booing, and the media reports that, that, oh, Trump was booed in South Carolina. Do you see how this works? Do you see how they try to control the narrative, control the words, control the language, but they can't control that sound, and that sound was, oh, glory, and it just makes those folks on top nervous. Nikki putting her in that same crowd, boy, that's a Democrat at heart, as is Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, you know, came out and said, well, I wouldn't endorse, uh, I wouldn't vote for Trump, I wouldn't vote for Vivek, but I would vote for Democrats, uh, or I would vote for any of the other Republicans. I, yeah. So <laughs> he says, I, I really like Biden. He's, he's a charming and engaging guy. I'll get to that clip later. But see, that, that's these people. That's your rhinos. Man, you ever get tired of them? Anyway, Brian in Arvada, thanks for calling. Welcome. Glad you're here. How are you? I'm pretty good. How you doing, Dr. Dunn? Real fine. Real good. As how usual. Was your, how was your Thanksgiving? How was you and the family? It sounds like you guys have a good time. You're always going out, having fun. Oh, yeah. Maybe we, more uh, parents should do what you're doing instead of you know, sticking a bunch them of... on their phones staring at the TV. You know what? We had a screen-free Thanksgiving. How many families can say that? But we packed a bunch of the kids and some cousins and uncles and all the rest of it and everybody into a into one house and we just had a big bunch of turkey and no screens and you know played a few uh sort of like verbal games and all that and good conversation and you know uh the politics didn't really come up that much because i guess we just kind of tend to all agree on things <laughs> yeah you're just so, you know you're just out having fun but i i gotta know this and your your book here because your opinion matters to me oh Excellent. What's the rule on leftover turkey? I mean, how long are we supposed to be non on this nonsense? Are, is people well, still doing it? No, or yeah, it's you a give very it up the next day. Or? No, it's a very simple rule. You keep gnawing on it as long as it lasts, as long as it's still there. And then when it's gone, I mean, but doesn't you stop it get old that. after a couple of days, maybe? Or what are we thinking on that one? No, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think you just keep going till uh, the turkey is no moss. That'd be my advice, but surely you could go. I mean, you'd probably want to keep it refrigerated, right? But uh, well, it sounds like my grandma waste not want not, but I'm tired of eating stuff, so you know, well, it is what it is. I guess. Well, make a soup out of it, right? Or mix it up a little bit, you know. Uh, do something crazy with it. Put it in a tortilla or something, you know. I don't know. Yeah, turkey's turkey. <laughs> Any way you eat it, and you can only eat it for so many days. But about this Nikki gal. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with Nikki. She could have a rally. You know what's funny? I went to Trump's first rally here in Colorado. Is off of is that some uh, wings over right the Rockies? Six there, wings over the Rockies. I went to his, Lowry. Yeah, it was a small building. He wouldn't even fit in there now. I actually got front row. Dude, but, Brian, uh, you were there. I was there. If were I you really? I was there. If I would have known you were there, I'd have come over and given you a double fist pump, high five, back slap kind of thing. You were there. Yeah, when he came out. Yeah, it was a dirt floor. He came out. He was upset about his shoes and whatnot. And I said, man, this guy is cool as hell. <laughs> <laughs> then oh. you got Nikki. She's reserving the back of a Denny's for her rally. I mean, seriously? Yeah, that that one, that does not actually exist. That's a creation of big donors. Okay? 
That's not a campaign that actually exists. But it is kind of fun that she's out there, you know, barking at DeSantis and criticizing DeSantis. And then Vivek criticizes Nikki and very effectively, I might say. So uh, DeSantis and uh, Nikki are having these spats. (laughs) And you just sit back. I mean, what are they arguing about? They're sitting there in single digits. I'll give you the Emerson poll. Okay, and I've got it sitting right here. It's, here we go. Oh, it's at, uh, okay, Emerson Poll, Brian. Trump, 64%. Haley, 9%. DeSantis, 8%. Oh, Vivek, 5%. Christie, 3%. Burgum, 1%. So it's Trump well, and now Well, the only thing five... I can see wrong with that poll go ahead. is Vivek is probably at about 20%. They're probably trying to hold him down. Yeah, you wonder but, why he's uh, not doing better. But, you know. Well, watch a Nikki rally, guys. Come on. I mean, there's like six people and half of them are asleep. I mean, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. She was at so, a rally I, the other day, and there was, you know, a small little crowd, uh, you know, was it 20 or 30? And she looked at some little girl in the crowd and said, hey, I like your hat. And her hat said Nikki Haley. And the little girl said, oh, one of your people just gave me this hat for free. <laughs> What a classic. And she, you know what's funny? She could have had a comeback. She could have said something. But she's just dumb. Nikki well, is dumb. I should have brought that audio in. I, I thought about it. But I thought, oh, it's one of those, you need the visual more. But I did just describe it. But, Brian, your priorities are intact, I'm glad to say. I'm glad to hear. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 